and uh, uh, the powerful moves of God that they had during that revival that he was here preaching. He was here preaching a revival uh, back in the early 70s. Talked about miracles that took place during that revival. Uh, he told a story about uh, a little girl that had broke her arm. And uh, uh, he said the arm, the bone of the arm was sticking through the flesh. And they came here and uh, to the First Apostolic Church uh, that was over at the old building, 33rd, uh, 31st West Avenue. And uh, uh, he, said, he said, we gathered there early and started praying. And he said, I literally seen that broken flesh and that broken bone healed instantly right before my eyes. And, and he told about another miracle that he seen that same night or, or that in, during that same revival. And I just began to think about the rich heritage and the rich legacy that has been left to us. And I, 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 won't, I, I felt like God spoke to me. I felt like God spoke to me this past Monday, and I've been, I had this thought in my mind. I haven't uh, really uh, worked much on it, but I've been very busy this week. But uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, our heritage. I want to talk about our heritage. And what a wonderful, wonderful heritage that God has given us. Uh, I want to take your attention today. I'm going to read, uh, right now, I'm just going to read one verse of Scripture, uh, the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, and verse number uh, 28. 22, the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, and uh, verse number 28. 22 of Proverbs, verse number 28. This says simply, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Don't remove the ancient landmarks. And that's the title of my Bible message for today. Don't remove the ancient landmarks. The word ancient means a very distant past. That's ancient. It's a very distant past. A landmark is something that can be identified as a corner post, I, I thought about uh, titling my message, The Importance of Fence Posts and Boundaries. That's what I thought about titling it. But I went back and read Pro Proverbs 22 and 28, and I did not want to lose the effectiveness of this scripture. You can be seated. 
Fence posts and boundaries are so important. As a matter of fact, there was a time that uh, there was a time in the Word of God uh, where uh, Moses was uh, surrounding the mountain. Uh, the book of Exodus chapter 19 and verse number uh, 12. And uh, this is a time that, that they are at, at the base of the mountain. And God begins to talk to Moses. And, and he is establishing the importance of the boundaries and, and in verse 12 of chapter 19 of the book of Exodus, thou shalt set bounds unto the people, unto the people round about, saying, take heed to yourselves that you go not up into the mount or touch the border. He is so serious about this. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall surely be put to death. Don't let your hand touch it, he goes on to say in verse 13. And the significance of this, the importance of the bounds, the boundaries, was if you go over the boundary, you'll be stoned, you'll be put to death. There's some things that are important. There are some things that that are very important to the cause and the kingdom of God. There are some things that God has established uh, in the church. There is boundaries. As a matter of fact, I'm sure you've heard a lot of talk in the news even in the past week about borders. We've been hearing about borders for a couple years now, the, and, and it was talking about the border of uh, the United States and Mexico. There's boundaries. There's lines. There is things that are established, uh, and, and it, is, it is a boundary. It's, in other words, if you, if you just keep moving just even an inch at a time, after a while, you're over the boundary. As a matter of fact, in our sports, there is uh, inbounds and out-of-bounds. There are some things that are uh, permissible. There are some things that are not permissible, even in something as trivia as, as a basketball game or a football game or a baseball game or a soccer game. Uh, there is boundaries, there's rules, there's limitations. And, and there, listen, let me tell you something. A church without boundaries and borders, it will not be a church. And, and so people get into uh, the logistics of, of the boundaries and, and where does the boundaries need to be established and and, and what is sin and what is not sin and, and who is qualified and classified 
to judge sin. This is just what I felt to preach today. And, and I don't know how much of a sermon it's going to be. It may just end up being just a talk. Maybe I can turn it into a Bible study. I don't know really where I'm going today, but I know what I felt in my spirit on Monday as I sat there and began to weep and cry as I began to hear about the signs and the wonders and the miracles that God was doing in the church and I'm going to tell you something. You're looking into the face of a man that is hungry. I am hungry. That Listen, I told you back during the pandemic, I said, the, by, the word of God, I came here and I prayed. And, 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 and the thing that I got when I prayed was that God was putting in my spirit in the middle of a pandemic, the church needs to be the church. Listen, that's really what I'm back on again today. The church needs to be the church. But let me tell you something about the church. The church has boundaries. The church has the church has a direction. The anointing of God has boundaries. There's some things that God is going to bless and there's some things that God is not going to bless. There's some things that God's going to prosper, and there's some things that God is not going to prosper. And, and Moses was establishing that rule way back uh, in the book of Exodus. This mount, this mount, this mount is, is a holy place. And, and, and this is where God is. And, and there is a boundary. There is, there is an established line. There's an established line that, that there's some things that you just can't, you just can't keep pushing the envelope. If you push the envelope far enough, I can, I can push this phone far enough and eventually it's going to fall because you can only push it so far. But there is a place, there is a place where gravity takes over. There is a place where it's going to fall because it has nothing to hold it up. If my hand turns it loose, it falls. And, and that's the way life is. There is there is boundaries and there is limitations. And, 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 and God, God, God is a merciful God. I, I understand all of that, and I'm not, I'm not eliminating the mercy of God, but, but I am telling you there are some things uh, that God's going to tolerate, and there's some things that God is not going to tolerate. And we can talk about mercy all day long, but we've got enough common sense at the end of the day to know there's some things that God is going to anoint and some things that God's going to draw the line the line in the sand and say, all right, everything over there is not anointed. Everything over here is anointed. And there has to be lines and boundaries. There has to be fence posts put up. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I thought I thought today as I was preparing uh, that that the survey industry surveying uh, survey is to uh, uh, they what do they call it? They call it rights. Uh, 
that that's that's not what I'm. Help me, brother Zeke. You you work with surveyors. Uh, they call it they, the boundaries. What do they call it? The uh, uh, I can't even think, man. My mind's my mind's messed up today. I guess. But I'm telling you, they got they got boundaries, and they 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 will go out. The surveyor, uh, the first thing the surveyor does is is he wants the legal description. <laughs> Everybody say legal description. The surveyor, the first thing he wants is the legal description of the property that he is going to survey. That's what we got right here, the Word of God. That's our legal description. That's our law that we've got to go by. And, and that legal description describes the property, how many, how many feet to the west and how many feet to the east. And, and it's even got the longitude and latitude and, and all, of the, all of the measurements, the meets and the bounds and, and everything. It's all based on that. Listen, there's boundaries. Everything in life has a boundary. As a matter of fact, uh, we've got 33rd West Avenue and 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 there, listen, you would be amazed. Uh, everybody talks about the freedom of being able to ride up and down the road. But let me tell you, before that road was ever put there, there were surveyors that came through and they established the boundary lines. They established it. They, they, they drove stakes deep in the ground, and they're very serious about property. They're very serious about the boundaries. And, and, and so there's, there's some of this property that, that First Apostolic Church owns, and, and, and then there's property that the state of Oklahoma owns, and, and, and some of the property is under uh, the, the judgment and the law of the, the city of, of uh, Tulsa and some of it's under, listen, somewhere out there, 33rd West Avenue is the Tulsa County line and the Creek County line. And some of it out there is is uh, the city of Tulsa, and, and then some of it's just the Creek County line, and but that's that's the that's the city limits out there. But some of that belongs to Tulsa County, and some of it belongs to the city of Tulsa, and some of it belongs to Creek County, and 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 then then our property boundaries uh, somewhere out there is 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 a survey stake drove deep underneath the soil, and and you can't even see the. Property property line you can't even see the boundaries but but there's a place there's a line out there that separates first apostolic and creek county and there's some of that line that that's just kind of mutual property it's 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 called an easement a right of way and and it's it's like really nobody owns it uh, it's not our property and it's not their property. It's just we share that property and 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 that's that's the way life is. That's the way life is. And it don't matter how much freedom we've got. You start doing certain things out there and and there's gonna be some some official that's going to uh, call your hand to it. Because we've got rules and restrictions. Before I built this 
coal barn back here in the back. I, I had to go down to the county of Creek County and, and uh, I had to just do some research to find out what kind of permits that, that we needed to pull to build a pole barn. It's, it's nothing but a pole barn. It's just, it's just a place that's going to be used for storage. And, 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 and fortunately, they told me that, that I was free. I didn't need no kind of permit. I didn't pull permits. I didn't need to. I didn't have to. I wasn't required about That's one thing I love about Creek County. If I'd have wanted to build that building on that side of 33rd West Avenue, it would have been all kind of problems and torment because you're going to be dealing with Tulsa city limits. You're going to be dealing with uh, Tulsa County. You're going to, and you've got, you've got to jump through all of Tulsa's hoops. But we're right here, man. We're just in a perfect spot the way I feel. I still feel that way about this place. God put us in a perfect location. But I'm going to tell you something. There's, there's boundaries out there. There's, there's certain things that I understand that, listen, listen, back during the COVID restrictions when, when they wasn't able to have church, I, 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 I done my research. I done my research. And, and, and I found out that, that this is not Tulsa city limits. This is not Tulsa county. We have a Tulsa address. Thank God we have a Tulsa address. But we don't have to listen to the laws that goes for Tulsa city limits and Tulsa county doesn't go for this piece of property. And so we just kept having church because you could have church in the state of Oklahoma. And we're in the state of Oklahoma. And, and, and this is not the city limits of nowhere right here. We're right, now listen, listen, right out there is the city limits. You get on that side of 33rd West, West Avenue and you have a wreck out there or you fall and get hurt, you got all kind of people that you got to go through. You fall over here, you just on your own. So if you want money, fall on that side of the road, not on this side. Because there's different laws over here than there is right out there. But there is boundaries. There is rules. You, you, get the, you get the drift of what I'm talking about. We have rules that we have to go by. And, and, and when we start talking about godliness and we start talking about things in the spirit, when we start talking, listen, listen, I don't know. I don't know all of the laws of Tulsa County and Tulsa city limits. I don't know all the laws of Creek County. But I know some of the laws of God. I'm not saying I know every one of them, but I know most of the laws of God. I know enough about the laws of God to keep you on the straight and narrow path. I can tell you that. I know enough to keep you going in the right direction. If you will listen to me, I'll get you to heaven. If you will do what I'm telling you, I'm going to preach the gospel to you in such a way that you can be saved. That, listen, that's what this is all about. We're here today because we want to go to heaven. But in the process, we've got to be saved. In the process, listen, there are some things, I, I, I read it this morning, I read it this morning. The Bible says, the Bible tells us in, uh, let me find it here. I don't want to misquote anything. Oh, my God. Not now. You don't want to misquote anything. The Bible says in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 
verse 15, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 15. Therefore, therefore, brothering, therefore, brothering, stand fast. Everybody say, stand fast. Stand firm. That's what that's saying. It's saying, stand fast, stand firm. Hold the traditions. Hold them tightly, the traditions. Everybody say traditions. That's what it says. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions. Everybody say traditions. Everybody just say it again very slow. Traditions. That's the way you say it if you're from Louisiana. You just, you just emphasize each of those syllables. That's, if you want to talk like somebody from Louisiana, just slow down and emphasize every syllable in the word. And, and hold, hold, the, everybody say hold. You got, you got to hold those traditions tightly. Now, when I talk about traditions, I'm talking about our heritage. I'm talking about what is our legacy, what has been handed down to us. He said, hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word. There's some things that you're taught by word or the word. There's some things that you're taught by word. And there's some things, whether by word or our epistle. And so it's saying, whether by word, whether by some things were taught by tradition, some things were taught by word, some things were taught by the letter of the law, some things were taught by word. Listen, there's things we do in the church that is our tradition. There is holiness standards that we teach in the church that are our tradition. Let me tell you something about our holiness. Our holiness is our separation. Our holiness is given to us. Listen, I, I went back and I, I've, been, I've been reminiscing about, uh, matter of fact, we, when we moved over here, the church has been First Apostolic Church of Tulsa for uh, many, many years. I'm not even sure how many years it was, but the old timers called it the first church. And that's where I went back and picked up that name, first church. That ain't no new charismatic name. <laughs> the first church is the church of Antioch. That's an apostolic church. That's the first church. Read it for yourself. Study it out. Find out what the first church is. That was the church that taught the apostles' doctrine. That was the apostolic church that had signs and wonders and miracles. I didn't rename the church. We're still First Apostolic Church.
But for outreach purposes, it's a whole lot easier to tell somebody we're first church instead of first apostolic because first thing they want to know, what is apostolic? We ain't, they can't say it. They don't know how to spell it. They don't know nothing about it. So it just creates it creates a lot of questions, uh, and it made outreach just a little bit smoother. We're not trying to fool anybody. We're the first church. You want to know what the first church is? That's what I'm preaching about today, the first church. The first church, the apostolic church, the, move, the movement that I'm preaching about, the church that had signs, wonders, and miracles present in it. This is our heritage. This is our legacy that's been handed down from generation to generation. Listen, I'm not for sale. I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm not for sale. I'm not for sale. I've had people to give me large checks that if I would preach certain things, I'm telling you the truth, or not preach certain things, they said the check would be good. Guess what? I never even deposit the check because I'm not for sale. I, I have no ambitions like that. Being rich or wealthy is not my chief desire. I would like to be blessed of God and to prosper of God, but I'm going to stay in, in favor with God. I'm going to obey the gospel I'm going to I'm going to honor my heritage. I'm going to honor my legacy that was handed down to me. Let me read you a, about a man that that didn't honor his legacy. His name was Esau. The book of Genesis chapter 25 verse 29 Jacob uh sod pottage and Esau came from the field and Esau said to Jacob feed me I pray thee some of that red pottage for I am faint uh, therefore his name was called Edom and Jacob Jacob said sell me this day Jacob had an understanding that he was not the firstborn but he wanted the rights of the firstborn and Jacob is cooking the pottage. Jacob is, some, some commentary said he was cooking a pot of beans. I don't know what it was, but he was cooking pottage. And, and he said, sell me thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do me? I'm starving to death. And, 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 and if, I, if I die, it's not going to do me any good. And so he made a deal. He made a deal with Jacob, and he sold him his birthright. Verse 34, then Jacob gave Esau bread, pottage of lentils, and he eat and drank and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Listen, let me tell you about this legacy. I'm not going to despise my legacy. I'm not going to give up my heritage. Listen, those old timers, they listen to me preach today. Them old timers established some boundaries. Those old timers put some things in place. 
And I'm not gonna, I'm not qualified to move those ancient landmarks. I wasn't here when they put them down. I don't understand some of the things that we do. I don't understand some of our holiness standards. Just to be honest with you. There's some of you don't understand it. And because you don't understand it, you don't participate. Let me tell you something. It don't matter whether you understand it or whether you don't. We've got to honor our heritage and our legacy that has been handed down from generations to generations. These ancient landmarks, don't move them. Don't remove those ancient landmarks. There was reasons that our forefathers our forefathers dug down. Listen, they got a hold of something. They wasn't having, they wasn't having the miraculous miracle that Brother Stone King was talking about. They was not having that. Just living any old way they wanted to live. They were digging down and they said, I love this truth. I worship you, God. You establish it. I'm going to abide by it. Listen, and it's my responsibility as the pastor of this church. I'm going to uphold what they stood for. It don't matter whether I have a revelation or an understanding of it or not. I want what they got. I want what they received back in their lifetime. I've got enough faith and confidence in God that if I'll obey and do what my forefathers done, I can have the same kind of revival that they were having. I just believe we can take it to the next level and we can have things that they never seen and things that they never saw. There's some of you, you can't enjoy nothing in life. Your whole world is literally falling apart in front of you because you don't want to hold to some of the traditions that we preach around here. But I'm going to tell you, this is winning stuff right here. <laughs> I've watched it. I've watched God's blessings be on those people. I, I, I've said this many times. The most blessed people uh, that I've ever pastored uh, has been the people uh, that are most in submission uh, to the word of God and the things of God and to the traditions uh, that we have been taught. Uh, that is the most blessed people uh, that I know of. Uh, that's the most blessed people uh, that I know of. Uh, it's not those that are taking short cuts. It's not those that are leaving things off. It's those that are given to the details of life. Sometimes it's the fine print that we want to just buzz through. And we don't want to rate, we don't want to worry what the fine print has to say. But I'm going to tell you something. God is worried about every chapter, every verse, every line. God is worried about us keeping things that maybe we don't even understand. Maybe things that's not even our way. Things that don't agree with our flesh or our concept. 
Don't remove the old landmarks. Don't remove those things that were ancient. Esau got to the place that he literally, the Bible says, that he despised his birthright. He despised when he would start hearing somebody talk about Abraham, Isaac, and, 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 and those powerful men, those men that are in the Heroes Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11. I'm telling you, when he would hear their names mentioned, he would say, oh, that's not necessary. All of that stuff that, that my great-grandfather -grand, my done and, and all of that stuff that my daddy done, that's not necessary. And he finally got to the place, the thing that he had a right to, he got to the place that he despised it. I was, I was talking to uh, Austin and Preston yesterday on the way back home, and and they one of them told me about a time that they were at a church meeting, and and somebody come up and gave their mother some money. And said, your grandfather gave, told Sister uh, Hancock, said, your grandfather, Brother Louis Steele, helped us when we were in trouble. And, and God has abundantly blessed us and said, I want to give you this offering. And, and, and they told me that story. And instantly, my mind went to a story, and I shared this story with those young men yesterday. I said, when I was just a child, eight, nine years old, there was a family that came to New Orleans. There was a pastor who uh, was in the hospital in New Orleans. And my mother and daddy opened their home up and, and, and opened our home up to uh, these people that were having to stay down there. They stayed with us literally for months. And uh, my parents made them feel so welcome. And, and I live to see, I live to see, we went and visited this, this man and, and uh, the, the lady, the lady was the uh, descendants of this, of this uh, people that my parents had done a good deed for. Uh, it, was, it was the lady's daughter and, uh, and, and we went to see the daughter and the husband. They had, they had an issue and, and uh, we went to see them and and we're sitting there, and we had went to encourage this man and this woman. And, and this woman gets up and goes out of the room, and when she comes back, she had, she had an apron on, and it had a big pocket in it. And uh, she, when she come back, she walked over to my wife and took 10,000 cash dollars and put it in her lap. We wasn't there. We said, oh, no, we didn't come. We, we come to be a blessing. We come to encourage y'all. And, and, and they said, God told me to do this. Take it. Now, let me tell you what we were doing. We were reaping something that my mother and daddy had sowed over 50 years prior to that event, over 30 years prior to that event. We were reaping it. 
And that's what Sister Hancock done. She reaped it. I'm going to tell you something. You can reap the blessings. I, I, believe in, I believe in generational curses. We all believe that. Everybody believes generational curses. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe in generational blessings. I believe as long as I'm living right, I'm going to be a recipient of the generational blessings. I believe that my wife and I are going to reap things that my parents and her parents has sown into the kingdom of God. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And I believe as long as I'm living right, I'm going to be blessed and I'm going to continue to reap what my parents and my forefathers have sown for me. And I believe the same thing about a church. I believe as long as we're doing right, as long as we keep the church clean and pure and holy and we respect our elders, we're going to reap our heritage. This is our heritage. This is our legacy. I believe it. I believe it. I, hey, let me tell you something. Not only do I believe it, I got Bible to back up what I'm preaching. I got Bible to back up what I'm preaching. I'll just give you a little scripture. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Galatians 6 and 7, just in case you wondered where it's at. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I'm telling you, you can reap the blessings or you can reap the curses. You can reap the good things or you can reap the curses of God. I'm telling you, I know what side of this thing I want to be on. I want to be on the side where I'm enjoying the blessings and the favor of God. And it don't matter. Hey, Brother Hill, it don't matter. It don't matter if I got to disappoint my flesh every now and then. Brother Cook, it don't matter if I've got to disappoint my flesh every now and then. Brother Blackwell, it don't matter if I've got to disappoint my flesh every now and then. I'm just going to keep living right, and I'm going to keep enjoying the rich heritage. Listen, I've got, I've got some forefathers that have sold some wonderful things for me. I know what I want. I don't want the curse of God on my life. I don't want to feel the vile effects of sin on my life, but I've made up in my mind. I'm going to live right. I'm going to walk through this land. I'm going to enjoy my rich heritage. I love my birthright. I love my birthright. I love my birthright. I don't despise it. I love it. We got to fall in love with this. There come a time in Esau's life, according to Hebrews, in the 12th chapter, and the 16th verse. He's telling us, lest there be any fornicator or profane person. A fornicator or profane person. A fornicator or profane person. As Esau, for one morsel of meat, sold his birthright. My birthright. This right is not for sale. My heritage is not for sale. My legacy that they have passed down from generation to generation, it's not for sale. I'm not for sale. I like the blessings of God. I like the good things of God. 
Verse 17, for ye know the how afterward when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected and he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. There's some things that when it leaves, it's forever gone. I love my birthright. I love my birthright. When he seen Jacob getting blessed, when he seen the blessings being sent to Jacob's direction, I'm telling you, he wanted it back. But this is not about material gain. This is not about comfort. This is about, listen, there's going to be some suffering there's going to be some, some, some things that we've got to endure. There's going to be some things that we've got to go through. But I love my heritage. I love what God has stored up for me. I'm thankful for my forefathers. It ain't no problem. I went and got me a good, clean Holy Ghost haircut this week. Anybody notice? It wasn't no problem. When I sat in that chair, I didn't long, want long shaggy hair because this is my heritage. I'm, I, hey, I'm just preaching. My wife got ready for church. I ain't even talked to her. This is not, this is not a preconditioned conversation. But I can tell you, I, I, I've been living with this woman for 33 years. She has never, she has never been nothing but a perfect example of holiness. If you want to know what holiness looks like, what holiness dress looks like, just dress like my wife. When she bought those clothes, they wasn't too tight. I'm not saying they are now. Where's y'all's mind at? When I bought the suit, it wasn't too tight. I didn't buy I didn't buy skinny jeans. I knew better than that, Brother Kim. You can't put this in skinny jeans. There's some things just don't work. And I got enough sense to know. Listen, listen. Hey, I want to look holy. I want to look, listen, I want people to look at me and say, hey, that's a preacher. My wife wants people to say, hey, that's a Christian lady right there. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but she's Christian. Hey, that's, that's the way we, listen, this is, this is our heritage. I'm not ashamed of this. This don't embarrass me. I, I, I love the way, I love the way we are. Hey, I'm not going to be embarrassed and apologize because we got ladies wearing skirts around here and, and we, got, we got men that, that are clean shaven around. I'm, hey, hey, I'm going to continue to preach that because, listen, it got reborn in my spirit this week. We're going to be a clean shaven people. That's, that's just our tradition. You say, well, show me that in the Word of God. Show me where you shall not drink Budweiser in the Word of God. You got a scripture for Budweiser? Now, I got enough sense to know we got plenty of scriptures that can reference Budweiser. 
And I got plenty of scripture that's going to reference what I'm saying right now. But they, they, they didn't make Budweiser back in the Bible times. If they would have, it would have been in there. I don't even I don't even know the name of beers and all. I don't I, I hey I hey listen I don't I ain't in all I don't even know who played in the Super Bowl this year. I don't even know when the Super Bowl was. If you keep up with it, that's your business. Just keep it to yourself. That's the big deal. Now people can't keep nothing to themselves. They go off and do something stupid and they want to post it on social media. And brag about what they went and done. Man, that's crazy. I tell you, I tell you what the lawyer will tell you. Stay off of social media. A lawyer will tell you that. Because the first thing, if you get in trouble, first thing they're going to do is pull up your social media accounts. And they're going to look for you online. They're going to have trouble finding something about me online. The only thing they can find about me on social media is First Church, Pastor. I hope they go watch every bit of that. I hope they watch this of what I'm saying this morning. They probably won't. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I want to be right with God. I love my heritage. I love the legacy that's been passed down. Listen, this, this truth, this truth... It's been so good to me. You know, you know, here I am, 59 years old. 59 years old. Do you know I ain't never got drunk? I ain't I don't even know what I I don't even know what getting drunk's all about. I've been drunk in the spirit before, but it wasn't with intoxicating beverages. Now the only time I guess I got high was when they had me in St. Francis Hospital for 83 days. They said for 33 days I was on the ventilator. I don't even remember the ventilator. So I guess I was high enough I didn't know I was on it. So it, that was the only time I got high was, was in St. Francis Hospital. And by the way, when I got out of St. Francis, I got off of all of the medication. The only thing I take today is vitamins. Ain't that wonderful? I believe the reason it's like that, it's because of my heritage. It's because of the legacy that's been passed, it, passed down from generation to generation. And listen, I, I, I love it. I love it. Now, now, now if, you, if you've had an issue, I'm not, I'm not bashing you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's what my heritage. And that's, listen. They, the doctor walks in and says, I'll give him zero percent, uh, less than 1% chance to live. I mean, that's a zero. Less than one is, is a zero is in my book. And sometimes I mistakenly say zero, but that's not what he said. He said less than a 1% chance to live. But while the doctor was saying that, that next morning at 4 a.m., I started breathing on my own. And when the nurse went to go off shift, my wife said, is there anything you can tell me that makes me feel better? She said, yeah, about 4 a.m. this morning, said he started breathing on his own. Took a few breaths on his own. You know what happened? 
my lifeless body. <laughs> there was a prophet of God praying, and the prophet of God called my father-in-law, said, God said, don't worry about him. About 4 a.m., he went and checked on him this morning, and he's going to be all right. That's what the prophet said God said. And at four, at 3.57, I believe they said, I started breathing on my own. I didn't, my body was lifeless. I didn't recognize anything. But my lifeless body recognized the divine creator walked into my room and my body started breathing, breathing, breathing because the life giver walked into the place. That's my heritage. That's my legacy. That's what I've lived for. That's what I spent 40 years preaching about. That's who I am. That's what I am. When, when, when Y2K came, somebody was all worried about what you're going to do during Y2K. I said, I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing. I'm going to trust God. Listen, we passed right through y, Y2K and we passed right through the COVID. We, we passed. Listen, we just kept trucking. Listen, I'm telling you, this heritage, let me tell you what this heritage, this is a healing power. This is a delivering power. This is a keeping power. We can have anything we want. This, listen, I'm talking about revival. Let the church be the church. What is the church? The church is a, is a place where the Holy Ghost is being poured out. The church is a place where the sick are getting healed. The place is a the church is a place where the discouraged gets encouraged. The church is a place where those that are bound and addicted get set free. This is our legacy. This is our heritage. This is what God has given us. The church ain't in trouble today. Brother, there may be chaos everywhere, but let me tell you where the chaos stops. It stops right there are those glass doors. When you walk in this place, this is a Holy Ghost sanctuary. This is where you feel peace of God. We had, we had a funeral service, and I'm closing. I'm done. I'm done. Come, come play music. Give them hope. Whatever. We had a funeral service here a couple weeks back. And it was a 35-year-old man died of cancer, a saint of God. And we had people come set in the sanctuary, and they come told me, said, there is such a wonderful feeling in this place. Said, I feel peace when I'm here. They don't even know what they're feeling. Brother Holmes called me years ago, a couple years back, and he said, how's things going? I said, Brother Holmes, I said, the only way I know to describe it is I'm drinking from a well I didn't dig. I'm eating from a vineyard I did not plant. This is my heritage. When my mother passed from this life, and my daddy passed from this life. I felt a peace that passeth all understanding. This is my heritage. This is my legacy. My wife just lost her mother just 
three or four weeks ago. You know what she told me? She had done heard me say it a hundred times. I felt a peace when my mama passed that passeth all understanding. That was her testimony too. She said, it's just a peace of God. I have, I've had nightmares about my wife. You don't even know this. I've had nightmares about you getting the news that one of your parents had passed from this life. I just had these images in my mind of what was I going to do with her? Because she, hey, listen, her mom and daddy is, they're, they're close. They talk, they talk just, I guess, two or three times a day some days. They're close. I took their baby and I moved 650 miles away from her. They were not happy campers. When we moved to Tulsa. So I never said nothing to her all of these years. I've never said nothing. Anytime she wanted to call, anytime she wanted to get on an airplane and fly down there, I've 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 never said nothing. I didn't care. She she's she's left, she's left me here with the kids by myself. That used to be a big handful. It's still a pretty big handful. I never said nothing. I understood. That was part of the package I bought when I moved her to Tulsa. That was the cost of doing business. But I've had all these mental images of how she was just going to fall apart. She called me that morning, said her mother was gone. I had drove her daddy home to get a few hours of rest. We got up and went right back to the hospital. I couldn't believe the peace that I felt when I walked in that room. My mother-in-law's lifeless body laying on that bed. Not only could I not believe the peace that I was feeling, I couldn't believe the peace that my wife and her sister, her two sisters, everybody was clean, everything was together. That's our heritage. I don't mean to wear it out. Put the 23rd Psalm up there. I'm closing, I'm done. I'm finished. The 23rd Psalm. For the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Verse 3. He restoreth. Everybody say he restoreth. He restoreth. Do you understand sometimes life, living in the pasture, even though he's supplying all of our needs, sometimes we just need 
restoring. I'm talking to somebody today that needs to be restored. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, and yea, though I walk through, I'm walking through this valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Let's stand, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. He doesn't just anoint you. He anoints you to the place that your cup is running over. It's more than enough. Anybody knows how that feel? When he done more than enough. My mind's just running crazy today. But God said, let there be light. And the sun appeared. If you hollowed the sun out, you could put 109 planet Earths on the inside of that sun. But that's the power that the divine creator had when he said, let there be light. It was more than just enough. And then when he started creating the stars, they tell me that any given time you can only see about 3,000 stars with the naked eye. That's all we needed was 3,000 stars. But he created more than enough. There's literally billions of stars that's never been seen by the eye. They have to have these super high-powered scientific high-tech telescopes just to see the stars that we can't even see. When he anoints our head, it's more than enough. When he touches us, it's more than enough. Does anybody understand what I'm saying today? He's not a God that is stingy. He's not a God that has just a little bit in his arsenal. He's not a God that has just a little bit to give to us for us to just barely get by. But when we're going through problems and we're going through troubles, he said they need a touch of God. They need to feel my peace right now. They need my help. They need deliverance. They need a touch of the Holy Ghost. And he said when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you're not even going to fear evil. For I am with you thy rest and thy staff that comforter 
That's the Holy Ghost. My spirit is going to be with you. It's more than enough. And I'm going to anoint your head with oil, and your cup's just going to run over and over and over and over. Somebody needs, somebody needs to let the cup run over today. I'm telling you, you don't have to have just a little tiny prayer meeting that just gives you a little goosebump, make you feel good for the moment. You can have a move of God that it just keeps flowing. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And let me tell you where you're going to want to stay. You're going to want to stay in the house of the Lord forever. That's where I'm at. I love my legacy. I love my heritage. These ancient landmarks that my forefathers established, I'm going to leave them right where they're at because I like the good deal that I got in Psalms 23. As long as I don't remove those ancient... Listen, I'm going to go through trials. I'm going to go through circumstances. I'm going to go through deals. I'm going to go through situations. I'm going to go through things that, that I'm going to scratch my head and say, why, 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 God? But don't let that spirit control you. You just need to get a 23rd Psalm experience. And you'll get in love with these ancient lands. This, this, this holiness, this separation from the world, you'll get to the place you actually like it. Hey, Brother Austin. Good to see you here today. Brother Austin went off and joined the Marines. I'm going to ask you an honest question. And you answer me honest today. Have you ever been ashamed to put the Marine uniform on? Uh-oh. When he gets in uniform, I, I can't imagine how he looks. But he don't look like he does right now, I can tell you that. He's going to stand up right. He may even stand like this now. He's proud to be a Marine. And that's the way I am about this, who I am. I'm proud to be an apostolic. I'm proud to be a child of God. I'm proud to be in the church. The church has been good to me. Let's love him today. Why don't we just come to the front? God... I love the landmarks. I'm not going to remove them. I'm going to hold to them. I love it today, God. I give you glory today, Father. I give you praise. I give you honor today. You've been good to me, God. You've been good to me today, God. You've been good to me, Lord. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to put the uniform on today, God. I'm not ashamed. I'm not for sale. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tamper with this. I'm not gonna play around with these landmarks. I love what you've done for me. Come on, let's love Jesus. God, I give you glory. I give you praise. I'm not moving. I'm not gonna move. I love where I'm at. I love the peace that I feel in the house of God. I love the peace that I can feel in this place. God, we're gonna keep these prayer meetings going. We're gonna keep coming to the house of God and praying. We're going to keep this a house of prayer. And it's not going to be a den of thieves. I love you, God. I love you today, Father. I love you today, Holy God. I love you today. God, 